Welcome to the Clappers. This is Andrew Young. That means this must be Carl Quinn. I think it is. This episode of the Clappers, you learn about. <laughs> it's not funny. There'll be learning in this episode, and you will learn about the NGV and the Featherstones. <laughs> and we'll take a little trip out to Heidi. Yes. And then we'll then we'll go home. We'll yeah. sit in our Featherston chairs. We'll turn on the telly. We'll watch. We'll probably watch a bit of uh, Sharp Objects. We'll watch some Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes. we have a new Prime Minister. <laughs> Who is it today? Who is it today? It's Bob Morrison. Oh, excellent, excellent. <laughs> no, it's not. Bob Morrison was a, a no, it was a dog, a, wasn't a it? A television show about a talking dog yeah, made by the Hardys. Mate, no, it's you Scott know what? Morrison. I reckon if he stood, if he stood up in the party room last week, he might have got over the line. The Drover's dog. The Are you Drover's referring to dog. the no, old Drover's dog? No, I'm just thinking it's such a poison chalice that probably oh. the dog would have been the only one who'd take it. But anyway, it, it is. Who will it be next? Who will it be next? No, I don't know. Out of all those people, can you pick up? And I can't think of a. Like, honestly, I can't think of somebody that I would. Maybe Darren Chester. Who's that? He's the National Party, so no, not he. Right. But man, oh, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. It was good to hear Barnaby um, coming out against um, the former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull mm. for for not having any integrity. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, I'm taking I'm like taking moral pointers on Barnaby. I from know, Barnaby Joyce, I know. It wouldn't have been definitely. great if he'd been in the Parliament, been able to say that, <laughs> like when Julia Gillard refused to be lectured um, by, by that man, by that man, yes. by that man. Oh, we've had some good times over the last well, quite 10 a few, years. Quite a few <laughs> that men who might be worthy of not being lectured by. I think. Oh, there are so many that men in the Parliament. Anyway, today. come on, let's leave politics because we, come okay, on, all right, enough. All right, there's no, not for me, man. I've been. Come on, what have yep. you been doing that okay, is I'll not you, watching Parliament on the well, telly? Okay, I'll tell you something really, really sweet, okay? Something really sweet. Which is? What it is, is that I went to the National Gallery of Victoria mm. and I got a parking spot right out the front. Now, Use, Using your pension account? Cars or? <laughs> That's good. That's very good. Touche, that man. I'll counter a post later on in the episode. Don't oh worry. Dear, I'm, I'm reeling already in anticipation. <laughs> so, yeah, you can park right out the front on the other side of the road for $7 an hour. No way. Yes, you can. And if, if you, for instance, need to be straight out the front because you've got to go off somewhere else, it's very handy but very expensive. Uh, I went and saw this, this mini exhibit on the mezzanine uh, heralding 50 years since the, the great building was uh, unveiled and the banners unfurled. Uh, and it's it's really sweet. There's... Uh, is it an exhibition about the building? Yeah, it is. It yeah, is, right. and and it has um, this lovely. There's a TV show that used to be called This Day. It was beyond called This Day Tonight, right? Mm. And they were TDT. All, yes, they were. All, they show a, a film of it, and they're all there, all in their evening dress. These reporters, um, this a very glamorous young woman holding a microphone, looking very pleased with herself in some beautiful fat chair. And they're all talking about what a great thing it is to have this building because it was a great thing. Mm. 1953 was when the ground Romberg Boyd firm were commissioned to Rombard. design it. Yes. And isn't it interesting that we only think of Sir Roy when we think about that building. He really did take over the whole thing. Well, was it a was it a grounds building or was it a Gromboid building? No, it was it was a Gromboid building. Okay, yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, but grounds was the was the man who elbowed yeah. his way to the front and said, "This is mine." Uh, the first design that he submitted was um, not 
satisfactory and not suitable and the committee wouldn't sign off on it had too many pillars and he said that wasn't mine that was fred <laughs> didn't that was robin no it didn't have any room for the art uh, and it didn't have, <laughs> um it, it it had all these pillars everywhere which in an art gallery <laughs> i'm presuming we've all been to one pillars are not not really useful in in an art gallery although if it's a boring collection a pillow might be handy a pillow might be handy mm. so it's it looks at you, you, there are exhibits of some beautiful Featherston furniture. The Featherstons had Mary and Grant had designed some dining room furniture for Roy. So it was no surprise when the, in inverted commas, tender went out for a couple of designers <laughs> to do all the, ca- everything that you see on the inside virtually that they got it. But almost immediately the, the uh, mercurial grounds wanted them out. But uh, everyone liked their stuff. And what they really liked about them was that, and this is, this is something that, that we, we don't see enough of, uh, I, I recently came very close to occupying a building which had been designed up from scratch for the very specific purpose and not a single person who used that building for that very specific purpose was asked. And so when the building calls to be built and it exists, no one can do anything in it because it's completely unfit. So these guys, the Featherstons, went and spoke with the people who work there, all the different curators and just everybody who works in the gallery. And they designed some beautiful uh, office spaces, office furniture, uh, mountain ash, uh, trestle cabinetry with a, with like a, a, that you put exhibits in with a glass box on top, which grounds didn't want at all. Uh, there's lots of natural light in this building, but of course they had to temper that once, once the Featherstons started talking to the people in charge of like the costumes and the fabrics because... Of course, you, light is the enemy of the uh, enemy. longevity. It is. There's also, as also as part of this exhibition or exhibit, really, is the the great ceiling in the Leonard French ceiling, which is in the the long room in the uh, what's the, it called? The, the hall, uh, the, the hall. great the great the hall. Great hall. Sorry, what, yeah. what is sweet about this uh, little this day to night program is them talking about this hall being used for state occasions, and there's a picture of a brass band with their white. Pith, pith, you know, pith helmets and their red tunics and of course it's used for kids to run around in and lie on the floor which is exactly what it should be used mm. for there's a, a little film of Leonard French talking about it and he built he assembled it all with a, with a team and, and good on him he keeps talking about the team and saying how important the team were to him and it everybody who's been there it's the one thing everybody remarks on that magnificent medieval style ceiling that Grounds was inspired when he was walking somewhere in Versailles or somewhere like that and the light coming through the trees. That's why he asked for it to be designed that way. It's um, it's a beautiful building. I've always loved it. And look, Grounds, Romberg and Boyd all have their own really interesting houses, as does the Featherston House in um, the Boulevard in Ivanhoe. The, 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 the Grounds House is a square with a circular courtyard in the middle and every room gives out onto it with uh, uh, circular windows and the Boyd House in, in Wall Street has that weird cable-like roof structure. It's in two sections and it kind of goes down the hill. Uh, Romberg's house in Eaglemont, just up from Ivanhoe and not far from Heidi, is a little more traditional, but it uses beautiful stone. It has some curves and some ocean liner characteristics. He He's probably the most interesting in this, in that he escaped the Nazis. He's a German, 
he went to he escaped the Nazis to study in Switzerland and got a uh, was lucky enough to get some kind of scholarship to come out to Australia and started uh, working and building as an architect and then the war came and as a German like a illegal alien German internment camp well no he got sent to our, to the Northern Territory to dig up like to to, to not not unlike Howard Rook in the film The Fountainhead, the, the architect played by Gary Cooper, he had to hew stone and 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 break it down with with pick and mattock into uh, into road materials for building roads. And he got very sick, but but he was a young man, so he survived that and became a well known Australian architect. I think he became naturalised in about forty two. But it's a it's a great building, the the National Gallery of Victoria, and. It's something that I think everybody who visits Melbourne when they go there, they remark, not, I suppose, unlike the Guggenheim and Bill Bow, how the building itself is as interesting as, as what's inside it. Mm. Well, you mentioned the Featherstones. I do. And there is. On purpose. At Heidi, not so far away. Not so far away. Well, a little hop, skip and a jump. In those uh, days, it would have been five minutes' drive, wouldn't it? The, which days? <laughs> the days that it was 1968. first. In the, the days when it was first occupied. Well, if you go back to the when when, when was the first Heidi House? Probably 1890s, I I'd be guessing. Yeah, I guess it was yeah, yeah. A, considerably more than a hop, skip, and a jump. I think back then it would well, have been the the backwards. A a canter, a canter, possibly. Anyway, yes. Heidi, uh, and of course Heidi too is the, the great modernist building uh, built similar era, mm. I, I guess, to the NGV. But um, when I was there this week or last week rather, it was um, it was closed because they were hanging in new exhibitions, so I couldn't get through. And I was with an architect mate who mm-hmm. was, of course, frothing at the mouth as we you could because you could still walk around the outside yeah, of the building yeah. and go into the little courtyards mm. and. You know, it's, there's some beautiful shapes and spaces are, in that building, really are. whether you're inside it or out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, he was, it was kind of like dangling a plate of delicious chocolates in front of a little mm-hmm. kid and then saying, <laughs> not for you, darling. <laughs> They've had to do extensive work on that building too because of, of the damp and yeah. it's it's a much-loved building and so they're, they're very committed to keeping it as, as it was designed and built and it is it is. Very, very much enjoyable to, to look yeah. at and spend time in. So anyway, there was a good, a good Sorry, exhibition. <laughs> there was a good exhibition uh, in the in Heidi Three, which is the big main gallery building. Mm. Um, there was a good exhibition of of sort of night themed paintings around the notion of nocturnes. Um, so there was uh, the the usual culprits from the Heidi the Heidi yeah. collection. Um, uh, Daniela Vasiliev and and um, you know um, Booth Peter Booth and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tucker and Joy Hester and all, all yep. the usual crowd and and quite a nice little exhibition. But really, the main reason to to go there at the moment is to see the Featherstone exhibition. Yes, so there is a lot, yes. a lot of furniture there. Are there drawings as well? There are drawings. I love, yeah. oh, and there I are love blueprints. Those drawings. My well, some God, of some of the most interesting are things are the blueprints, yeah. right? So they're yeah. large. They're yeah. I don't know. What would you be, be called, I don't know. Maybe A one. A O. A O. A O. About AO. <laughs> I'll go with AO. Not for you kids. Adult, adults only, these, these blueprints. Oh, oh, they're they're quite blueprints. blue. Oh, they're a bit blue. <laughs> bit blue. Anyway, oh. these big blueprints <laughs> showing how how the, the the sections of plywood were folded and yeah. bent and, and joined steamed. together. Yeah. Well, it, Not no instructions for steaming on there, okay. but just right. the, the sort of cutting and folding. And it was a really, really quite, oh. quite beautiful. Um, but. A, a huge collection mm. of furniture, some of which was pristine, never sat on. And really? Oh, yeah. Very, very nice. And, you know, there's there's a lot of it that's in that classic kind of – I mean, for, for anybody who's not familiar with the, the Featherstone um, 
you know, style, I guess. I guess you'd say the the dominant sort of Featherstone chair is a sort of uh, it's a high backed plywood frame thing with kind of curved, sort of half halfway up, not no arms per mm-hmm. se, but a kind of a like a bucket, a kind of a. What, how, how would you, well, how would a bit, you describe if you, if you, it? Well, if you think it's like about a cradle almost, Eero Saarinen's. Uh, chairs and Alvaralto, the the finished designer. But you're just referencing names. Okay, no, I think and now I'm going to say, yeah, okay, yeah. there's one well known called an egg chair, yes. which looks like a scalloped out egg that you sit in. Okay, and there's another known as a tulip chair, which mm. of course looks like a tulip. And these and chairs, the ant chair. These chairs are very modernistic and simple. Uh, the yeah, as a, as a well, let's just say, for brevity's sake, a reaction against the heavy arms and heavy, sturdy, fumed oak legs. These are spindly, uh, spindly legs. Come, they use a lot of urethane and and foam, which was a, a fairly new way of stuffing a chair in okay, those okay. days. So all I'm going to say is, yeah. you would not describe mm-hmm. the classic Featherstone chair mm-hmm. as spindly. Okay, right. I mm-hmm. think it takes some I'm of the. Of their, I'm thinking of their office work. Uh, uh, their it, office, well, the classic yep. Featherstone yep. chair takes takes you know the four turned legs mm-hmm. sort of in reduced scale so they don't have the kind of heft of those what you're, what you're talking about they're the yeah. sort of classic drawing room furniture of uh, i suppose up to post-war almost. Yeah, the club chairs yeah. or the or the earlier um, chairs um, but it's really that sort of that that sort of high back the mm-hmm. curvy linear shape the fairly decent padding yes. on them and there's there's a there's a substantiality about them but also a sleekness at yeah, the same time yeah, they are very and it manages to sort of m- marry those two quite contradictory on this because i think they have a very light feeling they, they do but they're still and, and i mean compared to a lot of modern furniture they're yeah. still quite um substantial, substantial i sure, think yeah sure um anyway I, I guess what i found most interesting yeah. was, was the um the sort of the, the furniture the the office furniture stuff mm-hmm. including the mitzi chair which yeah. is a beautiful thing from i think the early 1960s maybe 1961 with the sort of very narrow steel legs mm-hmm. uh again sitting on a plywood based chair but the the legs sort of make contact in the center of the chair mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. like yeah i like you I look like at it and that, go yeah. oh that is such a beautiful object yeah. and yet it, and yet it's kind of like it's it's the model for the kind of bog standard chair you saw with every laminex table in the yeah. 1960s yeah. but but it's this kind of you look at it and go that's familiar and yet it's so much better yeah. Do you know what I mean? I it's, do. I yeah. do. And one of the great things about design is not the elaboration of something, but the reducing of something yeah. to its most essential basic elements. That that, and that's all we need. You mm. know, that's all we can do without or mm. do with. It's you. You need to go and check out the NGV because the drawings and they've got a couple of office suites kind of set up for you to have a look. I'll mm. put a couple of photos. Up on our page. So well, I'll go and check that out. Yeah. If you go and check oh, out no, I've, the Featherston I've, I've been intending right? to go and see the Featherston for the last couple of weeks. I've oh. just had other activities that I've been... Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, don't worry. It's yeah. until I've, I've been intending to do my tax for years, but you know, <laughs> does it count? I mean, you know. Actually, I haven't, yeah, I haven't done that this oh, year, well, but I'm okay. I'm up to date. I've done mine. I've actually done. Yeah, done I it, did two you? years. With, can I? Can I say? <laughs> yeah, I, it was like a weekend after weekend after weekend of clawing, getting no, no, getting closer and closer. Yeah, going, right. I think I've got everything there, and yeah. then and then I finally sent it off to the accountant, and I can't Listen tell you how ecstatic. <laughs> 
I felt. It was like uh, it was like I'd won some sort of you know Olympic mm. gold or something. I, mm, I, seriously, mm. where's the champagne? Where's yep. where's the where's ticker the tape? The ticker where's parade? the reward for, for yeah, all yeah. the collection of receipts yeah. and it's, it's double entry really book monkey, and, monkey. Yep, off that back. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> so yes, I I have yet to see the Featherstone, but it is on until October mm. at Heidi. So and I I don't know what. I don't think there's any actual closing date. There may be for this. You get to see some great photos of the building site yeah. of, of when it was the ground was first being struck. Again, great drawings. If you, I, I really is it just about the birth of the NGV, gal, um, the, you know, building, the, or the does building. it touch on the renovation as well? Um, which no, it was how long ago was that? Oh, uh, I didn't see anything. Fi- yeah, 10, 15 I didn't years. See, did see anything on the renovation? People will enjoy seeing what the spire was supposed to look like. A lot taller. It's. Better looking, I reckon. It really? definitely looks like something that the architects in Dubai have been striving but right. failing to achieve. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's great. It's free, you know, it, and and you can get the tram there. You don't have to drive and, and park straight out the front because you're in a hurry to go somewhere. Well, if you live in Berlin, you can't get the tram. Well, no, there. that's true. But you can walk to Heidi. You can, you can walk to Heidi. You can if you want to swings and roundabouts. Look, Andrew, if you want really to cycle from <laughs> to, to, to Heidi, you can actually cycle past. The Featherstone Home, which gives out onto a park that the uh, bicycle path is on. You Excellent. want to detour from the path and go into the park at, I believe it's twenty-two, the Boulevard. It's it's not a secret. They have they've been, you know. Do they do open days? They've had open days yeah, yeah. in, in okay. the past, and it's not regularly open though. I mean, no, 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 living no. there well, just well, as a house, so yeah, just I, as I, a home. I, it's it's a it's a home. It's yeah, a private yeah, home. Yeah. yeah. But the, it's, it was considered to be an amazing architectural feat, that home, mm. the Robin Boyd design Featherstone home. Mm. And you can see lots of interesting pictures. I'll put some pictures of that up because it's kind mm. of split level, indoor. I mean, there is the, Boyd, there is the Boyd house in South Yarra that yes, you there can is. go to. That, that, they have had open days there. Yeah. And I tell you, there's a couple of, if, if this is your, your type of thing, if you like Robin Boyd's work, there is in... Bacchus Marsh. Mm. Oh, yes. The house and library. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 it's the, I think, the Boyd House and the grounds. Now, there's very few domestic libraries in Australia. Very few people caused to have a house built. But you know what? I'm going to have a library built across over, just, just behind the trees over there. Mm. And one is Boyd and one is grounds. And they are just Mouthwatering, absolutely mouthwatering. Is that the one where you can actually go and stay? It's is it? Yeah, you, it's Melton, I think, isn't it? Or Melton no, no, Backus no, no, Marsh? No, Backus Marsh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I have a. Va- I remember when it was recent. It was sold. Oh, probably not recently, mm. but they were both sold, and. I, I think the person who bought it put in a whole lot, had been collecting a whole lot of modernist furniture so they could, could make the place look authentic. And people do this all the time. The, the grounds house is not owned by Sir Roy, but if you have a look, have a, you can have a peek inside, actually. If you drive up to Hill Street, you can have a little peek through the bamboo. That Again, that is also furnished with, with uh, furniture and modernist furniture of the era. And they're both kept in reasonably good nick. The uh, ATA do sustainable open house day but there is another organization that does modernist house open days at various modernist houses around melbourne which it would be worth if this is your thing keeping up to date with using the electronic internet carl what have you got well andrew i see you've got a big watch You've got a nice big watch. Thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for that. Carl has a big watch. Yeah, it, it's not the size of it. It's how I use yeah, it. That it matters. Is, it's yeah. a big watch. Um, 
I want to talk briefly. Yeah, okay. About I'd love to hear that. <laughs> And, and that's it. That's all I wanted to say. Good. So whatever. Thank okay. you for listening, hey. everybody. Um, no, uh, I want to talk about Better Call Saul. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you watching Better Call Saul? Can I tell you about that? Go on. Briefly. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what's the guy's name? Vince Gilligan. Yeah. Just uh, before I think it... Apparently he owns an island. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Depp owns an island. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet he owns less of it than he used to. Uh, Surrounded by red wine, $30,000 a month. (laughs) Was talking about this show, Better Call Saul, and some wag asked him, so, you know, you've decided after Breaking Bad that that Saul is is such a fascinating guy, you'd make a show about him. In in the Saul world, Jimmy is his name in Better Call Saul. You'll find out if you watch it. Who would who would you go? Who, what would be the next show? And what what what's his um, colleague's name? And Kim Wexler. Somewhere, I was going to say yeah, it was Wexler, but I couldn't remember the. First. Kim Wexler is to him yeah. the most fascinating person yeah, yeah. in how many seasons now? Four, five. Anyway, the most fascinating person in the Better Call Saul universe is Kim Wexler, yeah. which I thought bizarre. Did you? Yeah, because yeah. I, I... You know, I, he said that to me. That was an interview with me. Was that with you? Yes. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> so you're the wag. I'm the wag. You are the wag. I'm the wag. So I'm not telling you anything you don't already no, know. No, I have no. to think of something else. Yeah. <laughs> unknown and secret. Right, tell me how it ends. Tell me how Better Call Saul ends. I know, of course, we know that because it's a prequel. <laughs> Although... He gets into a van. Yeah. He gets into a van. Well, it's a prequel and a sequel. I mean, yeah. that's the beauty of mm. Better Call Saul is mm. that there is a promise of... Uh, the life of Jimmy McGill mm. slash Saul Goodman mm. slash Gene, uh, what's he called? Takovich. Oh, uh, Takovich, yeah. I think his name that's, is. That's horrible, that stuff. That stuff <laughs> is very upsetting to me. We should tell people that, okay. that, that there's Saul from Breaking Bad. He's a lawyer. Yep. Before he's Saul in Breaking Bad, he has a real name called Jimmy McGill who was working in the mailroom and puts himself through law school at the University of American Samoa, Samoa. <laughs> by correspondence. And sadly, at the law firm that his brother Carl owns, he gets blocked by his brother uh, from becoming a lawyer there. Now, American Samoa, just as a footnote here, yeah. it, uh, I believe Australia beat American Samoa 31-0 in a soccer match once upon a time, and Archie Thompson scored 13 goals. Okay. This is my recollection. I haven't fact-checked this, no, but my yeah. recollection is it was 13 goals, and that is the most anybody has ever scored in an international. So that's that's... Jimmy, but there's also this... Well, that was actually Archie Thompson, but never mind. <laughs> but then there's there's this other cat who yeah. works at uh, in a... a Cinnabon. Yeah. <laughs> Cinnabon. It's like, a, it's like a Dunkin' Donuts, oh, yeah. but, but, but in a mall. less in this, so. In this mall, and it's just <laughs> grim, and, and you feel that this is the future. Well, it's, of, it's, it's either witness protection or it's yeah. just pretending to be somebody else so that the bad guys don't find that him. That he's escaped. Right? And he's clearly bad. in fear yeah. of, the, of being discovered because mm-hmm. season four, which is where we are now, yeah. begin, and every season begins with a little black and white segment of yep. Gene in his miserable existence. Oh. As a <laughs> Cinnabon it's, manager, it's too, it's do, do you need a minute? Do you need yeah. a minute? <laughs> I mean, oh. <laughs> so it's got a little glimpse of what his life has become. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's almost like it's it's like the moral of the story. They get it over and done with at the beginning of the season. Yeah. It's like, hey kids, 
just a reminder, crime doesn't pay. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> this is where you're going to end up. Anyway, so at the beginning of each episode, yeah. uh, each season, there's a little sense of uh, where Gene is at, and mm-hmm. it's never happy. Yeah. And this one he's ha- uh, begins with him having had uh, what, what a heart scare, and he gets rushed to hospital, and he gets asked for his ID, and he thinks, oh, my God, he's about to be discovered. Oh, you haven't seen no, this? No, I haven't seen this okay. one. I right. thought I had. I, okay. I, I, it's very difficult for me to keep up with anything. <laughs> the Vuelta Espana is on, and I'm still trying to All catch right. up with well, that. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it by giving away too much of the plot. All, all yeah. I want, really wanted to say is yes. that, again, harking back to uh, when I chatted to Vince Gilligan last year, uh, and he was writing, he was still writing season four at that point yeah. in time, which yeah. is what we're, we're now four episodes in uh, yeah. to season four as, as we speak, and... Uh, by the time this goes to air, we'll probably still be four in, but about to be five. It's um, it's becoming more and more like Breaking Bad. It started off as a comedy. He originally envisaged this as a half-hour sitcom. I remember hearing this, yeah. yeah. Now, you remember reading it, <laughs> the same piece that you forgot reading. I think I heard, I heard some, like I say, it was a really funny, humorous interview oh, asking you, these questions. Obviously, it wasn't oh, you. Well, perhaps you it wasn't it me. It must have been somebody else. <laughs> he may, maybe he tells everybody this. Yeah, uh, he probably does. He's only hey, got one ask, story. Ask me about Kim Wexler. Ask me about Kim Wexler. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. Anyway, it did, so sta- interesting. It did start as a comedy, right? Mm. You know, in mm. his head, at least. It's I laugh. And I think in season one, yeah. it was pretty funny, yeah. right? It was very much a uh, character study, but, yeah. but lots of humor in mm-hmm. it. Uh, season two, still pretty funny. Season three started to get a bit dark. Season four, mm. you've now got. Uh, the incursion of Gus Fring, who's the drug kingpin from Breaking Bad. Yep. You've got the Salamanca uh, nephews, yep. uh, who are scary, the shiny-suited assassins, as, as yep. I think of them. They have come into to it in season four, so prepare yourself, yep, strap yourself in. Yep. There's the wonderful character Nacho Varga, mm-hmm. played by um, Michael Mando, is the actor. Right. He's just I, I love him as a character because he's yeah. he's so complex. He's he's um. He's a drug dealer. He's a bad guy, yeah. but he's got a kind of a moral core. He's got a conscience. He's he got a bad conscience. About his dad being totally to... being roped into. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's a he's a wonderful character, and he's one you could go. I'd love to see a spin-off about him, yeah. except that I really don't know that he's going to make it out of this no, series no. alive. And and Kim Wexler, I think, is a fantastic character played by Rhea Seahorn, who's um you know she's she's the 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 lawyer. She's a straight arrow. She's trying to. Be righteous and 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 stay on the you know stay on the path of of goodness. Yep. She sees in Jimmy a lot of good qualities, but she's starting, I think, to see. Hmm. Maybe his brother Chuck, who always thought he was just a wastrel, wasn't so and a far. Well, he's a con man. Remember? He's a con That's, man. It, it start, the season one starts off where you get to find out about some of his cons yeah. and mm. and you know he's brought. But this, he does have a, a good side. He does. Well. Oh, look, this is this is why I suppose people like this program and why they keep making them mm. is because there's a complexity of, to him. He doesn't seem like a bad guy, but frankly, he's does in you know he, he's a mob lawyer. So, you know, he, he stashes uh, illegal drug money and, and other illegal things in in yeah. the safe in his office. So, it's. Yeah. I mean, the, what I've loved about it up mm. to. You know, end of season three is that it's primarily a character study, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's primarily no about real Jimmy. Story, but th- that's right. Yeah. So you you know, I mean, if you if you want lots of action, it hasn't really been there. No, season four mm-hmm. that's shifting. Mm. It's starting to get much more plot driven. Uh, I guess you know we've established who these characters mm. are. We've had three seasons of getting to know them. Mm. Now we're going to see 
what the consequences of their their actions or their failure to act in a particular yeah. way are and uh you know events start to move at yeah, well, considerable yeah, speed they do do you have something to tell me if you do you would be well advised to do so let's do something beautiful here we make a bundle it's free money every hour every day could chunk, could chunk, could chunk. We're going to hit some rough road. You could start at the beginning. You could start well, anywhere. Well, that's the beauty of streaming, anywhere. isn't it? doesn't yeah. matter if you didn't catch it. You, doesn't you matter. You can go back and catch it. I'm, I'm having that experience with uh, um, How I Met Your Mother, right? This is a show that I saw intermittently when it was when it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, ran from, I think, 2005 to 14, nine seasons. Mm. My, my daughter at 15 has become addicted to it. So she's burning through it yeah. on, on Netflix. And I think in probably three months, she will have consumed nine years worth of So it was of nine years, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. 208 episodes okay. or something. Almost all of them directed by one woman, which is okay. remarkable. It is. It's, mm. Most of the time you watch a TV show, it's a different director each yeah, time, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, um, and it's funny, you know, it's mm. not, it, it's it, like most sitcoms, repetitive and, yep. you know, you get certain kind of tropes and gags that just get played out over and over and over again but there's a lot to like in it i want to talk about west of sunshine yep just because i think this is one that people will have to make an effort to see because it's a little film 35 cinemas nationally that's all it's on blink and you'll miss it and I really, I'd really urge people. Not to, like that other thing from last week. Oh, uh, working class boy, the Jimmy Barnes doc. Yes, two hundred and twenty yes, screens. That's heaps. That is a lot of. That is a lot of screens for time, a documentary. But in the last week, I've discovered two hundred and twenty screens is heaps of screens. That's almost as many as in your neighbourhood. Yes, it's um my former neighbourhood. So West of Sunshine. Yep. Limited release, low budget film mm-hmm. made in Melbourne about a about a father. Uh, well, about a, about a delivery a delivery driver mm-hmm. called Jimmy, played by Damien Hill, uh, who was in the film Porno. Did you did no. you see that? No, uh, lovely, lovely. Um, again, low budget Western suburbs set film. Yeah, uh, he has a gambling debt that he's got to pay off by the end of the. Day. He's got to the end of the day. Oh, to I do like it. these films. Oh, you like I it? I like it to the end of the time, day. Yeah. Time is a big factor. In run this long film. the run. Yeah, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it's drive Jimmy drive, and uh, he's. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, and he's got a classic car, right? He's got this lovely classic. Uh, I think. Uh, oh, you'd want to know what the car is, wouldn't you? Well, I don't see why you would mention I it think and it's then a, withhold it. From I think me. it's a Ford Fairlane, probably in nineteen sixty nine or thereabouts. So one of those type of guys, yeah, yeah, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Um, you'd see on Fletch with on Channel Thirty One, <laughs> classic Westos. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And uh, okay. he's a bit of a year mate kind of character. Yeah, and <laughs> he's uh, he's got a. Um, He's got a he's got a son. He's got a, a young son, mm-hmm. and the, the son is called Alex, and is played by Damien Hill's real life stepson, Ty Perham. Right, mm-hmm. so it's an interesting little. I don't like that. I don't, ah, like don't that. let it put you off. Don't let it put you off. I'm, anyway, I'm so he's got the kid for the day. Yeah, um, and he's picked him up from from his ex's place, and he is going to try and offload the son for the day because he has to work. He can't get off work. Yeah, and he's got to try and settled this debt by mm-hmm. the end of the day and he thinks the way to settle this debt this gambling debt yeah. is by can you guess yes <laughs> gambling he, there's, a, there's a sure thing in race seven in race seven yeah, <laughs> and, eagle farm yeah yeah and 
lo and behold. Yes. It comes off. No. Yes. Amazing. But you know what happens next? Gambling's great you, like that. Can you Isn't guess gambling what happens next? Great? No. What? Do you go to places in America? This is a rubbish show. You race eight. Yes, of course he does. <laughs> and it doesn't come off. So no. anyway, so basically he's got he's got this, you know, the crap hits the fan. Yeah. But but the core of it really is that yeah. he, he can't offload the, the child. That's right? the, so that's the that's joke, the crux. So he can't thing. he he can't take out the delivery van. Mm-hmm. So he has to spend the day delivering parcels. In his classic car, yes, and he's absolutely terrified about you know any, anything happening to his car. It's his pride and joy, blah mm-hmm. blah blah. So, and the kid doesn't want to be there, and no. he doesn't want the kid there, no. and so this it's really just this kind of close quarters, confined, jammed together mm-hmm. against their wishes scenario. And over the course of the day, I guess you'd say their relationship shifts a little bit. Oh, and, oh. It is pretty heartwarming. Oh, it's one no. of those, but it's not sickly. So it's no. not sickly. So oh, don't be like that. I am. Look, then, look you've got a heart needs, somewhere. There needs to be you've people. Listen, I need to be like that because nobody else is. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, you've done. You've done your public service. Yeah. Okay. I have, haven't I? I think it's an adorable film. I think okay. it's really, really genuine. Yep. Okay. Um, see, see, that that's an adjective. Puts me off. But genuine. Adorable. Adorable. Or yeah, adorable. Yeah. I, th- I thought if if it was. I, look, adorable sounds too soft. It does. That sounds like, like yeah. it's a Disney film or something. It's not a Disney it's film. Like there's puppies it's in not this a Disney film. film. Are there puppies in there's, this film? There's, there's like drug deals in this. There's, yeah, there's, see, see, there you are. That's not adorable. Okay, not, oh, they're adorable drug deals. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I, 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 I couldn't possibly um, make any comment on that. Nobody dies. <laughs> Okay, excellent. Nobody dies. At least okay. not on screen. Okay. It's well, possible, do, do it's possible from that drugs. somebody yes. in this film... Really? I, look, I don't know. No, I okay, know. good. Well, look, but, I, I just I would just say... But people who may really be put good. off by a film called West of Sunshine because of its gritty subject matter will find it... Adorable. Adorable. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorably gritty. Even it, despite the absence of any puppies... It's still adorable. I'm just trying to think if there are any puppies. Mm. Mm. No, I can't remember any puppies. Okay. Yeah. All right. Check it out. I want 15 on my desk by end of business today. Do you understand that? Do you understand what I'm saying to you, mate? I hear you. I get it. What are you going to do? Race to Ballarat. That's your plan? Yes. What is wrong with you? I'm sorry I'm late. I don't want to have to say this in front of Alex. Okay. Don't. He didn't want to go with you today. What are you talking about? He's fine. He's not fine, Jimmy. But but it's difficult because it's only at what? Is it at uh, the Sun, Yarraville? Yep. Yep, that's good. Yeah, it'll be at the Nova. The Nova. It'll be at the Classic. Classic. Lido, you know. Okay. It'll be wherever you find good cinema. My, my preference out of those four cinemas would be in or No, would be the Sun. I think the Sun's great. I never get over there enough, but it, I think it's great, the Sun in Yarraville. The classics are really handy little cinema. So quirky. Mm, I can't. I can't. I've been there. I went there once a few years ago, um, and and I'm I'm happy to speed on past that thing. No, I think you're being harsh. It's. I'm not being harsh. I'm you're happy to harsh. speed on past that thing. I don't need to go to the classic in Elstonwick. Well, I do I've, not need to go there. I think I do not. I think if you speed past it, yeah. Andrew, you're going to get a ticket. It's well, a forty k zone. I am actually because there's there's the trams and kids and <laughs> train states. Yeah, I won't. I, I will briskly strike past it. Then how's that? Just before we wrap, yep. I want a brief mention yep. of Sharp Objects. It's just finished. I don't know what that is. Oh, we talked about it. Amy a- Amy Adams. A film? No, a TV series. <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, that's the one where she's 
uh, uh, goes on a, like a, a sexual spree. Ah, oh, if you like. Is that what happens? That's a sm- She just that's- feels like she's new and single and <laughs> up for everything and has a... No? Not even. Not even. No. She's she's a journalist. Um, yeah. She gets sent back to her hometown, yeah. a town called Windgap, Missouri, to investigate some murders, right? She is an alcoholic she self-harms. She's a really mess. different to what I thought it it's was. It's quite different. Really, I don't know what you really, were thinking really of. Different. Um, I don't know. Anyway, it's not what you were thinking no, of. No. Anyway, it's finished. It's, a, it's finished, an eight, everybody. It's, it's an eight-part mm. HBO miniseries. Yep. It's just finished. It mm-hmm. finished last night yep. uh, and in this clapper's time, yeah. the, this little oh, capsule yeah, 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 that we're yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, we're in and I, I've got to say, I had seen the first seven episodes mm-hmm. When I re- when I reviewed it, and I was pretty I was pretty convinced that I knew how it was going to play out, mm. and I did. Okay, good, and I good didn't. for you, and I and didn't. You didn't. Yes. So it delivered on. Uh, the, there was a kind of a logic that followed through about a particular plot line, mm-hmm. and my God, there is a complete surprise right oh. at the last moment. Okay, and it is. Fascinating, but mm. a key thing here is if you've been watching Sharp Objects, or if you're going to watch Sharp Objects, can I can I just advise you to when you <laughs> when you see that final scene, mm. stay watching. Let the credits roll because there are there are two moments in the credits that just uh, well, <laughs> what can I say? They they shed light on what you've seen in the last mm. moment. And and they make it even more confusing and more shocking oh, okay. and more of a revelation. Okay. So just stick with is it. Is this like a cliffhanger season two coming up or is it no, definitely I, the no, end? No, supposedly this is it. Okay. This is the end of it. It's based on a book by Gillian Flynn who wrote mm. Gone Girl. Yeah. And uh, it, it, you know all the, all those involved with it have said it's a one-off. It's done. Jo- okay, Jean-Marc good. Vallée, who directed um, Dallas Buyers Club and, and Big Little Lies, the TV series, mm. directed directed this, the whole thing. Um, Amy Adams is, you know, they've all basically said it's a one-off. But I mean, okay. she is a great character, Camille Preka. You'd want to see this character come back. It would be pretty neat to see her maybe be slightly less of a mess. Yeah, you know, more, you know, she's what you'd call a hot mess, I guess. Except, you know, the hotness has gone to seed a little bit, and you know. But we should get out of here. Yeah. Next time when we speak, we'll have a new prime minister. What day is it? What day is it? Uh, it'll be it'll be Sunday morning when you hear us, and I'm going to predict Warren Edge will be the next PM. <laughs> you'll, you'll like him, people. People, you don't know Warren Edge. You'll find out, and you will like him. I would. Uh, I'd just like to say, so long as it's anybody but Erica Bates. Oh my Senate, God, Erica See, Bates. this is a good thing about senators can't be PM because well, they have to be sitting in the lower house, and mm. that protects us from certain characters. Certainly. And thank, thank God for small mercies, I say. <laughs> All right, you'll hear from us again. Been a pleasure.